Welcome to the Gill Athletics Connections podcast, the number one track coach focused podcast in the world. From time to time, we like to bring you rebroadcasted value added podcast episodes, some little bonus material, if you will, in between our awesome interviews from coaches around the world. This is just great friends of ours, the Athletics LLC, hosted by Marissa Chu, featuring Mouse Holloway, Chris Huffins, and Charles Ryan. This is a great gang. They operate on YouTube on Friday nights. You got to go be subscribed. We're so blessed that they would let us give you the audio version. So without further ado, Athletics LLC. You are tuned in. To Athletics Double LC yeah, 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 yeah. with Lamar, uh-huh. Lucius, uh-huh. Big League Chew, him yeah. my man Clyde. <laughs> you are about to be schooled in all things track and field. This is experience. Yes, sir. We are talking past, past present, present, future. future. Y'all listen up. Let's go. Hey everyone, fancy seeing you here. What you doing? <laughs> Recording a show. <laughs> it's inauguration. It's inauguration. Yes, sir. That was that was something this morning. Well, hey, was, uh, it, was it was it cold this morning to you guys? Because it was oh, minus forty five. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, we knew. I didn't think we were gonna get through the show without hearing that one today. <laughs> I mean, that was too good. That's like the best dad joke ever. <laughs> that was very funny. That was very funny. Well, welcome to another fun episode of Athletics LLC. I will go ahead and get us started with just a quick introduction of the three other tiles on the screen. Um, as always, we've got a fun t-shirt guy here. We've got Lamar McLovin, every minute of it, Puffins. Oh my goodness. Good evening. Uh, I do love that tie. That tie is I awesome. I do love that tie. And last but definitely not least, Sir Lucius. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> oh, y'all don't think I was going to forget, did you? No, of course not. <laughs> of course not. Well, we have a lot of things to talk about because there was a lot that happened this weekend. Um, so we will just jump in that lava and see how much sets fire. So track is officially, 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 officially back because of all the things that happened this weekend, right? So let's just get our hottest takes, kind of see what stuck out the most to us um, and what are we liking that we're seeing right now? Whew. Uh, well, I, I will just say that I think it's always, think, I always think it's amazing when world records get broken. To have a world record broken the very first week of competition in a season is insane. And for it to be a rhythm event like the triple jump and an age event like the triple jump and have it be broken by a youngster in the first meet just tells you like 21 is going to be a crazy year. And I think, um, I'm not sure that everybody's going to get their, their timing and their timelines, right. As it pertains to an Olympics that may or may not happen, but at the end of the day, there are going to be some monster performances this year. And, uh, I, I don't want to mess up his name. So I think it's Hugh huge. H-U-G-U-E, I believe that's right. Whatever your name is, young man, starting off the season at 1809 or 1807 is, look, 1807 in July is is phenomenal. 1807 (laughs) under a roof in January is just 
altogether different stuff. So uh, I want to kick off the uh, conversation about this weekend with what I think is the most ridiculous thing that happened in a ridiculous weekend. Would you like to go next, sir, or would you like me to go? Oh, I got a few, so go by all means, go ahead. <laughs> oh, um, said, I, got, I got stacks. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I think that um, it, it was, again, just, well, first of all, great to see everybody back at it. That, that, that was the big thing. You know, we'd had a couple of weekends where just a few people got at it, but this past weekend, a lot of people got at it. So that was great to see. And I'm sure there a lot of people that were constantly, you know, there was live feeds and Facebook feeds and this and that and the other. So it was great to see that stuff. And then, um, yeah, I, I'm going to start with Miss Moo down at um, Texas A&M. You know, wow, you know, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> under 20 American record right off the bat. Uh, um, you know, came real close to the world junior record. Uh, I, I felt like, you know, the young man at Texas Tech and his sprint double was pretty daggum good. It was good to see the young man from Florida State, you know, who was a, a kind of a rising star a couple of years ago and was injured um, at most of 20 to see him back and running well again. Um, you know, there was a Matthew Bowling sighting, right? You know, you know, everybody's pretty excited about him running 664, but I think the most impressive thing that dude did was split 45-4 by himself with a 4x4. Um, that was the dangerous part for me. So um, I, I'm going to let you go because I don't want to – you know, still any of your stuff, but because <laughs> I I can do this all day, but I'll let you go. No, nah, you 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 bit, you pretty much stole all of it. Um, actually, <laughs> I should have jumped in there when I when I had a chance. No, so oh, no, I'm sorry. I, obviously, you know, we we work in in the collegiate realm, and you know, just for me as a as a fan of the sport, as a as a true nerd who loves to sit around and geek out on all of this. Me and mine weren't competing this past weekend, so I had nothing better to do than to, you know, geek out on track stuff. I watched some of every feed I could get access to. I looked up every meet result that I could find. And there was there was great stuff, you know, all over the country. And, you know, props to, you know, the coaches and the teams and the athletes that, you know, have managed themselves well enough to, to come out the box on fire. From a team perspective, you know, I, I'm gonna straight give it give it up to uh, to Texas Tech and Texas A&M. I thought from a team perspective, they they probably had the best overall weekends, and including the young lady who I do not re I can't remember her name. I was just so geeked about the triple jump that she mm -hmm. put up. You know, really? great week apparently. You know, yeah. um, she she had a great time, but individually speaking, the the three performances that stood out. Uh, Lucius already called two of them out. Her um, name is Ruth. I'm not going to try to pronounce yes. her last. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to try to pronounce <laughs> yeah. her last. Ruth. Ruth. Great job, Ruth. <laughs> oh, okay. But Miss um, Moo at, at, at Texas A&M, opening up your collegiate career in 201 is, you know, Impressive. insane. And I think we've all been, you know, watching from afar in her youth. Like, that girl is special and everybody knows she's special. But for her to pop out like that just is a testament to how special she is. And I, I can't wait to see what she's going to ultimately do. I think collegiately speaking, every record at that distance is going to be absolutely obliterated by this child. Now, not three years from now, now. Um, I was really impressed with Trey Cunningham um, opening up at 764 in the hurdles. Um, again, superstar athlete in high school, um, 
we, we used to talk about bad birthdays. Um, he, he's been a bad birthday in the NCAA the last couple of years, having to deal with uh, the Holloways down there in, in Gainesville. And, right. you know, it, this seems this he stepped out there and, and, and planted his flag and, and said that this is his time. So, you know, he looked great. Props to him. And the other one that stood out to me, and I don't know why a lot of people sleep on this young lady, but again, she was phenomenal in high school and she's been nothing but great in the SEC and at her school ever since she's been there. Abby Steiner popped out in 22-8. I was going to say that one. 22-8 in the 200 as an opener. Like, hey, listen, <laughs> that girl's different. And, you know, for me, those three performances were, were the ones that I sat back and was like, my God. Like, if, the, if this is where we're starting, where are we going to finish? So I, I was very excited about all of that. So props to all of those people. Now, I want to give a big, big shout out to Mr. Lightfoot and the pole vault. I mean, you know, mm. uh, uh, you come right out with the collegiate record, I think. And, I, and the funny thing is, is like everybody thought like, you know, when Mondo and my man at, at the South Dakota State, I think is where he's from, mm -hmm. when they're when they're setting it up there, like oh, nobody's going to break that record. And he's like, sure, I'll just do it the first meet of the year. You know, like, why not? And wait a minute, can, can we can can we be respectful? Correct me if I'm wrong. That performance is the one that made it to the ESPN top 10. Absolutely did. Yeah. Listen, at number eight. Yeah. If you get yourself on the ESPN top 10 in this sport and you're not in the Olympics, that is amazing. So thank you, sir. Thank yes. you, ESPN. Thank yes. you, everybody, for that. That was dope. Yeah. Which just tells you, again, how crazy it is. You break a world record and you don't make the SPN top 10, right? They probably, well, they, they, probably, they, they probably didn't make it because they probably didn't have video of it. That's probably, yeah, probably not. <laughs> I, I will say this though, you know, you, uh, I thought we were going to round back around. I was going to say something about, about Abby Steiner. And, and what I think is amazing about her, every time I see her run, my first thought is she was on a soccer field and how ridiculous did that look? <laughs> that could right? have been like, fun for the like rest Abby of them, Steiner, right? She went to Kentucky on a soccer scholarship. I was about and to say, she think, went to school to play soccer yeah. originally, right? And I just think to myself, like, how ridiculous, because I, like, I remember how fast Mia Hamm looked on a soccer field with other people, right? And Mia Hamm's no parts <laughs> of that kind of fast. Like, <laughs> a phenomenal athlete, but no parts Absolutely. of like, I can beat everybody fast. And Abby Steiner is like fast, fast, fast for real. I, I just can't imagine what she's like kicking a soccer ball. Like, that had to look yeah. absolutely crazy. And it's funny you say that because, you know, obviously, you know, soccer and uh, we're in the same building with soccer and occasionally they'll come to me and they'll be like, hey, is this girl fast? Like, is she fast enough to be to help you? What does she run? Well, she's like 24, seven in the 200. She's like 11, nine. I'm like, well, no, she's not. <laughs> she's not track fast. She's really fast on the soccer field, but that's not track fast. And Abby right. Steiner is track fast and retarded fast on the soccer field. <laughs> I just, you can't even imagine her just running around people. That just had to be not fun at all, trying to chase her around. I, I imagine she got tripped a lot. She got tackled a lot. I can imagine. Yeah, I, I, just, I can't imagine. So, you know what, Abby, if you watch the show, can you send some footage? Because we want to see what, what, what that looks like. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and let's, let's, also, let's also give, you know, um, uh, Clyde brought up Texas Tech and Texas A&M, you know, 145 and the 800 open up, right? Yeah, no, they, they had performances. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the a has two girls over 21.5 in the long jump. 
And uh, I can't, I don't know why her name is escaping me right now, but the, the good multi they have there, she was 21.5 and she or 21.8 and six feet in the same meet. You know, just kind of like, wow. You know, there, there was a lot of really good stuff, a lot of excitement. You know, I'm interested to see uh, young Randolph Ross, who was you know, a star last year indoors, right back at it, opening up at 46.20 at Kentucky, you know, pretty much by himself. You know, that was it. That was, that was good to see. And um, I, it's just, I, we talked about it. I think there's just a hunger. Um, there's everybody's kind of, you know, glad to be back on the track. And then as we know, the fact that it's a, you know, maybe an Olympic year, you know, so this will be two maybes in a row. Uh, but uh, maybe maybe, maybe maybe an Olympic year and maybe the last track meet you run in every time you step out there. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, and I think that's the sense of urgency everybody's having. Hey, we finally figured out how to get kids to focus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? You might never run track again. You should go ahead and run fast. Yeah. There you go. And we obviously we apologize if we missed something that some people think was was newsworthy. But there was again, there was so much going on this weekend. It was it oh, yeah. was a lot. It was yeah, a lot. I mean, for a first week, this has got to be one of the most ridiculous first weeks ever. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, the timelines were active this weekend. Like you couldn't open up a social media page without something like exploding at you at one point. Right. So, <laughs> and, like and, every and, hour, and it was just ridiculous. Well deserved. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's move on a little bit here and let's talk about the kids that aren't playing. Uh, if you aren't familiar, the CIF, who is the governing body for high school sports in California, um, has not allowed for return to play for any sports. Um, so they're still fighting to participate in any said activity um, within the governing body. So um, there are some entities outside of that who are participating in some type of activity. I'm gonna call it that, not necessarily sport. Um, you know, ultimately, what do you think the effects of this are? And what are your thoughts on still holding back on playing still at this point? We're now 11 months post post shutdown. Uh, I've, I struggle with this issue. Um, I, I really do, you know, you can take a lazy look at the COVID situation and say, oh, look, California has the, the most cases in the country. Well, yeah, we also have the biggest population. So we were always going to lead in the most cases. If you look at the per capita numbers, we're doing better than most people. Having said that, there are pockets of our state that are just tragically overrun with this issue right now. And people are dying. And so as a native Californian, as a, as a person lucky enough to, to work in this state and be employed by you know, a state university, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna knock Gavin Newsom and the leadership that has kept high school sports on lock. I think it's the cautiously responsible thing to do. We as a state have not proven that we are willing and capable to take this thing in the serious manner that it deserves in order for these kids to get their high school seasons back. No, the majority are like, when so many people are acting irresponsible and it's getting worse and it's getting worse, it's getting worse. It's hard to ask the governor and the powers that be, like we know it's getting worse everywhere, but let the kids play. Like, 
So I get that. On the other hand, there are real serious drastic consequences for all these athletes if they don't get an opportunity to play. Missing last year was bad enough. Missing two years, which is, you know, a legitimate possibility is you're talking about, you know, scholarship opportunities. You're talking about, you know, mental health. Like there's so many layers to it. So I feel really bad for the kids, but I totally understand them holding back. I wish there were some kind of middle ground here, but if we don't start doing better with the numbers or ramping up the, uh, the vaccinations, it might stay like that. You know, I think that you, know, you split to some very powerful points there. And I think that the thing for me is the responsibility. And when you talk about the population and having that many people in places at the same time and creating a bigger spread, um, I think you have to be responsible, um, socially responsible um, to the health and well-being of not just the athletes, but the officials, the coaches, the parents, and everybody concerned with the sport. Um, you know, I think that at some point in time, safety has to supersede everything else. Um, the caveat to that, as you spoke to, is the fact that, yes, there are going to be athletes that are not given the opportunity to show that they're worthy of scholarships to, to universities. Now, then some of the bigger name athletes are going to be fine. You know, we talk about that all the time. Somebody's going to take a chance on those. But that, you know, that late bloomer that, you know, people are, you know, waiting to see, well, that late bloomer never gets the chance. And that's going to be the biggest problem that I see out of this whole situation is those, those young people, they're, they're just stuck. You know, and if there's no season for them this year, like, what do they do? How do they prove that, how do they prove their worth to the, um, to the coaches out there? And, to the governor's point, I mean, like, he can't just put everybody in jeopardy, you know, or, or not, and, um, or the, per, the head of the high school federation, everybody in jeopardy because you want to make sure people get scholarships. It's not worth people's lives. I, I mean, look, obviously, I'm on board with what both of you said as far as the safety issues. I, I think that is in it's inarguable. Anybody who who takes the laissez-faire, like just let them play, like without any thoughts or ramifications to it, like that doesn't make any sense. But but I will say a couple things. Um, one, it would be difficult for me if I was the the parent of a high school kid to make it make sense in my brain that we can play professional sports and we can play collegiate sports, but we can't play high school sports. Like that would be a difficult thing for someone to make make sense for me. And then two, like the rest of the nation needs to understand what, what we mean by ramifications. The, the Southern section track meet, the Southern section finals, right? This is one, you know better than I do, Clyde, but, how many sections there are, I don't know, right? But it's Ooh. one section. I, yes. I want to say it's like it's it. It ha it's like twenty three uh, sections. The you keep talking, I'll give. I'll yeah. run through. My head. However many sections there are, the point is the southern section. There's only this is just one of a gigantic conglomerate of that make up the state meet, right? The southern section finals, by statistics, 
has more Division One track and field athletes in it than any other meet in the entire country. That includes every other state's state meet. That's right. So if there's that many kids that we're talking about that are clearly be because look, getting a track and field scholarship without junior stats or senior stats, you are, you're, you're not just special, you're different, right? Grant Holloway was good enough for that, right? But I'll just say this, I didn't even run track my first two years in high school. So clearly I would have had no career, right? So there's, there's a whole lot of people out there who are really good who couldn't do track in college without junior or senior years. And so I completely get the safety piece. Like I get why, why we have, lives have to matter most, but what I don't get is the lazy approach to it of Lot, look, lives are at stake, so we're not going to do anything. Like, I think we owe, we owe these young people more brain power put into how can we compete safely, right? Like, I, I don't want anybody to compete in an unsafe fashion. But I do think because, because spring sports are, are being competed at – Almost that I think so. I had one of those dads this weekend tell me like high school football only didn't happen in California, Illinois. Um, it was four states, right? So, so the other 46 states competed in high school football. So, the point is like high school sports are being competed everywhere else in the country, right? So there's got to be a way to figure it out to how to do it safely, especially for the spring sport athletes, because they already lost the season. Yeah, that's yes. the big one right there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, like, it's one thing like that, you know, the high school basketball kids in, in California, like that's terrible and that's awful. And you know, high school football for sure. But they had their junior years. Yep. So the, the spring sports, the baseballs, the, you know, the baseballs, the outdoors, the, the spring soccers, the, the track and fields, like everything that happens in the spring in California, all of those kids already lost a season. So now I feel like all of your brain power should be spent doing two things, figuring out all the safety protocols to make sure that, that, that the virus doesn't spread and figuring out how to compete, compete, compete high school athletics within that. Right. Yeah. Is that a tough problem? For sure it is. is. Is it above my pay grade and my brain matter? Probably. But at the end of the day, with as much space and brain power as there is in California, there's definitely ways to do this. So the, the crazy part, and I haven't checked it in a while, but the original plan was to move all the sports to the spring. Mm -hmm. So football is supposed to be getting played in the spring, like the SWAC is, is getting ready to do and, and some other smaller um, you know, NCAA conferences. And, you know, from a track and field perspective, you know, we were all like, well, great, because half the talent on the men's side and track all play football. So I guess nobody's running track this spring, right? Like that was the initial worry about it. Now, you know, there's a legitimate possibility that nothing may go on. And for me, and we've all been dealing with this in the NCAA, like all this, when it comes to COVID, all the sports ain't exactly equal, right? Like it's way easier to pull off a track meet or a tennis match or safely a baseball from game. COVID or a baseball game than it is a football or a basketball contest. But we all understand 
just like at every other level, football is where the money is. So everybody really is trying to figure out how to get the football thing done first and foremost. Mm -hmm. So it's like, for me, I'm just, and, and to Lamar's point, like I was one of those kids. I, I will, you know, I broke a bunch of, you know, national records, you know, pre-high school, but my freshman year of high school, I had to get ankle surgery. My sophomore year of high school, I had to get reconstructed knee surgery. So I was nowhere on the radar track and field wise after the first two years. By my senior year, I'm number three in the nation. But if I didn't have my junior and my senior year, I wouldn't even go to school. Who knows where I'd be in, in the world right now? Because my mama damn sure couldn't pay for me to go to school. So I get emails from kids like that every day. And I'm like, bro, like I hear you and I want to help. But what can I do? Like with the marks from your freshman and sophomore year, like it's really tragic. And, you know, so I get the frustration and I've literally had those conversations with parents and athletes. Like everybody is upset that we're watching indoor meets in Virginia. We're watching indoor meets in Alabama. And we know that those outdoor seasons are going to happen. And our high school kids haven't even been able to start practicing yet. So those that are training, they're doing so in parks. They're doing so on random hills. They're doing so in the sand. And that's cool. And if their parents got money, then they can get on a plane and go and go race in Virginia or something like that. But come come the end of February, is there going to be a, a CIF schedule for track and field? I hope so. I mean, there, there are families that are moving. Yes. Yeah, I can. Yes, they are. Yeah. To Arizona. I, I, I'm going to speak to uh, your point about the parents understanding, you know, I, I received a pretty aggressive email from a parent who couldn't understand why there was no high school division in Florida Relays this year. When you're then this, these were the parents remarks, you're playing football with 17,000 fans in the stadium. You know, you're playing basketball, you're doing this, you're doing that. Now, from the, the, the logic standpoint, okay. We're playing, there's 17,000 people in a 100,000 100, foot seat stadium. So it's a whole different deal. Um, now you guys have seen the monstrosity that's the Florida Relays. You cannot have Florida Relays in this situation because you're putting no. 5,000 people in a 2,000 seat stadium. So you can't, say, you can't do that, right? And, but the, the, she just needed some clarification and she couldn't understand. You know, her son has been busting his butt. He's trying to get better. And, he hasn't had a chance to show it because he got canceled last year. And now she's afraid if he gets canceled this year that he doesn't have a chance to go to college and she can't afford to pay for him to go to college. You know, so like that, that speaks to their understanding. And like, she wasn't like, she wasn't trying to be rude or disrespectful. She just didn't understand. Like my, my biggest offense was I, I hear what you're saying, but we weren't hosting a high school football game. We hosted a collegiate football game. Right. So that's, that's where that came from. And like my number one job, like, Job is okay. People say, well, like, like 99% of the people that get it recover. Okay. So you want me to take the chance that that 1% comes on my campus and doesn't recover from it. Right? Yeah. And, that, and that's somebody else's child. Like, yeah, exactly. no chance. you can't, you can't do that. Right. And you know, I, and I, you know what? And to that point, and, and, I, and I've made this, I've made this point, you know, I, I literally had this conversation two weeks ago with the family. They really, really want their kid at my university but they had legitimate money on the table from a division two situation. And I said, guys, you don't even know if you're gonna have a season, take your money and run with it. Like in this 
in this scenario, how can you bank on the maybe that I might get to race when you have coaches and athletes at legitimate places offering you scholarships? Listen, this is not the time to play those kind of games. If you have offers, you need to seriously consider signing those things. And this is not the time to be prideful. No. Go, go and, and it's go not, and it's not the time to be playing, let's make a deal either. It's not, it's not the time for that. You know. the, the, not this, not right now. It, it's, yeah. it's too big of a risk. And, and, and again, I think the thing that people have to realize here is that, you know, we're all in shaky situations, right? Like anybody that's talking about hosting a, a meet of any kind, you know, you're kind of sticking your neck out there right now. Oh, so, absolutely. so when you're talking about if there's a safety protocol put in place, it's put in place for your safety. Nobody's trying to be a jerk. Nobody's trying to be, you know, difficult here. These protocols are put in place for the safety of anybody that walks into that building, anybody walks into that facility. So if you want it to get better, then, then play by the rules, you know? And I, I don't think everybody understands that. Yeah, and, I, and, that, and that's, that's been my ultimate frustration with specifically with the California situation because our bureaucracies started this off doing things the right way. They followed the science, they listened to the professionals, they asked everybody to handle their business, and then people got lazy with it and were like, oh, we're good. And now it's way worse. And the cost of that is this. Your kids may they, not be able to do something because the collective, you know, of us didn't handle our business. That's the thing that, that people who live in major cities and major areas don't understand. It's like, it's five times more important for you to wear a mask than somebody who lives in Indiana or Ohio. Because... And we have big cities in Ohio. Much, much no, for sure. But what I'm saying is most of, most of the people who live in... <laughs> In the Midwest, right? We live horizontally. Mm -hmm. We spread out all over the place, right? But when you live in major, like you live on the either ends of the country, you start to live vertically, right? Now it's not that much, not that that much of a case with with California, because there is a lot of land, but you still get jammed horizontally, right? You don't have space, and so because of that, it's like, look, we can all occupy the same space. But wear a mask. And and we can be safe if we wear a mask. And here's the and, biggest and thing that, that that I want to put out there, folks. Right? And then this, this this and this is this is a hard pill to swallow, but you better swallow it. The longer we let this go on, the least likely we're ever the least likely we're ever to get back to normal. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so we can wear a mask for a year, year and a half. Or you might end up wearing it the rest of your life if we do not conform to this. You have to make do what you gotta do to make it better. You have to, it's gonna take a collective effort. It can't just be every fourth or fifth person trying to make it better. Right. I mean, if you if you don't wanna be wearing if you don't wanna be wearing masks for the rest of your lives and looking at and looking at football games and track 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 meets and everything else with no fans in the stands. Not only wear your mask, make the other people you know wear masks too. Mm -hmm. um, let me better state something I said earlier. Not all. So as of February 1st, they are trying to instate some sports. 
So the less contacted, the outdoor sports are going to start practicing February 1st. Not everybody though. And that's the issue yeah. is again, like you were saying, not everyone's coming back. Why is that? Why are some? And so all the things that you all stated are the reasons why, and sometimes why not. Um, but I, I wanted to say that because I said not anybody's playing and there are some sports that are going to start playing. Hey, trust me. We, we want, I want nothing more than to be allowed to go watch the Arcadia Invitational come April. I want that to happen. It is my favorite thing. Let, I, please people. Praying for you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's switch the, the mode a little bit here. So stemming off a conversation that we were having a little bit ago, um, we wanted to pose the question and, and hear all sides and all parts of the spectrum. Um, what are the pros and the cons of using technology in application of training? So when we're getting all these gadgets and we're getting all these things and how we apply them and what they're supposed to give us as indicators and not give us as indicators, all of that whole gamut. Let's talk about the spectrum of that, the goods, the bads, the uglies, and the pretties. Uh, I can delve into this one first. Um, I, I think for me, and we've talked about this a little bit before with some other things, but I think that too often what we do is we become obsessed with whatever the gadget is. And, and we'll, let's, let me speak to the, the, to the wonderful the machine that is the 1080 machine, right? Um, everybody that's got one is, is intrigued with it. Everybody that doesn't have one wants one because they think this is the magic pill to get people to run fast. Well, first of all, let me say that people ran very, very fast before the machine was ever invented. We'll start there. Um, the second thing I'll tell you is this with a machine like that, for me anyway, I think the big key is not to see how fast you can get somebody to run with that thing on. You know, I think the key is not losing the technical mind. I think that's what gets people in trouble. Like they're so obsessed with how fast somebody can run on it that they're, they're risking injury because of it. Um, like with any trainer, whether it's assisted, whether it's resisted, whether it's wickets, whatever you're doing, if it's disturbing the technical model and the natural rhythm of a person's uh, flow, then it's a bad thing. It's a horrible thing. So I don't think it's ever a good thing to become totally dependent upon any training device. And so for me, the pros of any training advice is that it can help you get in positions and do things at a higher level than you think you can. The con to that is exceeding those levels for me. Uh, very well said. Um, I would agree with that 100%, every word of it. I. For me, it wasn't until very recently in my life and my career that I started to be able to gain access to the toys. I couldn't afford it, <laughs> okay? Couldn't <laughs> afford it. And the places I was working wasn't going to buy them for me, okay? So for me, out of necessity of not having the toys, I always had to find creative things, you know, in my own head and with the things that we had around us in order to get results done. So for me, now that I may be in a position where I can afford a toy or two or have access to a toy or two, my attitude is as long as the toy doesn't take away from your instinct as a coach, as long as the toy doesn't get you to 
focus on the machine and stop focusing on what your eyes are telling you, then find a way to integrate it if you can. But when you start to lose your skill because you're beholden to the machine, you have played yourself and ultimately are going to ruin your kids. So if you're going to implement whatever new technology into your training, first of all, make sure that you know what you're doing with it. Don't, don't just get the, the new timing system so you can go brag to your friends that you got the new timing system. <laughs> that don't mean nothing. Don't, don't, you know, don't go burn your, your last two paychecks on, on, on the, uh, on the dynamic piece of equipment that your rival has just so you can act like y'all are on the same plane. Like toys are toys for a reason. Not everybody can operate a computer properly. Not everybody should have a computer. Okay. <laughs> so if you're going to have the technology, one, you need to know what it's for Two, you need to understand how to use it specifically to who you're working with. And three, and for me, most importantly, never let the machinery overtake your skill set as a coach. I, I think because technology is so easy to get now and every year something new is coming out and every year things are being improved, it makes a lot of coaches lazy. They think it's a hack. Like, ooh, let me get this thing and I'm instantly going to be better. Actually, you, you might be worse because you don't know what you're doing with it. So, you know, take the time to, to learn, get educated and, and, and be careful. So my, my take on, on technology uh, and, you know, uh, yeah, we'll just use it, leave it at technology. My take on technology is that it is only meant to enhance the skill of the coach. If this is how you know whether you're beholden to technology or not. If what you're using the technology for is not something that you can do it, you can do without it, that's a problem, right? Like, look, 1080 is an absolutely phenomenal machine, right? But every one of us knows how to run your kids with load or deload without a machine. Now, the machine is much more efficient, like, so that's good, right? So if you're using any sort of technology, if it's making your job and making you more efficient, it's a good thing. If you can't run practice without it, you, <laughs> you, your, your train is off the track, right? If, if somebody was to take away all the wickets in your programming, you can no longer have track practice, you have a problem. Right. If so, if, if, if somebody stole your car and your 1080 is in it and now you got to call your kids and like, well, we can't have practice today because I have no idea what to do. Like, yeah, that's a problem. And, and I think what happens is, uh, Clyde, you use the term hack. I think that's exactly what happens is that people think they can buy experience. Let, 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 let me throw something in there for you real quick, sir. I think they can buy success. For sure. For sure. And, and that's, that's, I guess that's what I mean by experience, right? Like part of what happens when you have experience is you, you gain faith in your ability to produce marks every year, regardless of what clay you have to work with, because you know that your skill will impart on a certain level of athlete that you recruited and we will get 
in a range of these marks, right? Well, if you if you need a machine to make those marks, you're not a very good coach, right? If you need a training modality to get those marks, you're not a very good coach. And if you think the machine is gonna get you those, you are sadly mistaken. And I feel bad for all of your athletes because at the end of the day, Sir Lucius said it absolutely perfectly. There were phenomenal marks put out there before every piece of technology that is currently being used was invented. And I don't mean like they ran fast for those days. I'm talking about there, there are marks that predate technology that would play right now. What you're supposed to get from technology is efficiency. You're supposed to be able to trim the fat, make fewer mistakes, right? But at the end of the day, I am an average to slightly below average carpenter. I know this about myself. My grandfather would be very, very disappointed with me because he was a carpenter, right? If you give me the best hammer that money can buy and you give me gold plated nails and you give me the most perfect wood on the planet, that is not gonna change the crooked bookcase I'm gonna make. And that's what people need to understand about technology. It ain't going to make you a better coach unless you're already a good coach. And if you get a new toy and you don't read the instructions and you don't talk to people who know how to use it, man, are you going down a street that you could really like, you could not just mess it up. You could end your career and end somebody else's career with the improper use of technology. No question about it. And when you're talking about over like overloads and underloads, I mean, that's the easiest way to blow people apart is, is misusing yeah. that technology right there. And so my, my, I look, I'm a huge fan of technology when put in the hands of people who know how to use it. And <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of where I stand with that. Well, and I'm, I'm going to tell you this, uh, when you're using, especially let's just specific to the 1080, check your ego at the door because there's all these phenomenal stories out there about what people have done. Well, I, so-and-so did this and this and so-and-so did that and that. Well, first of all, we all work in track and field. We know that uh, embellishment is a great tool in our sport, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, don't believe everything you hear. And just because so-and-so on the other side of the country got said athlete to supposedly do something, does not mean that you have to get your athlete to do it better. Coach the athletes you have to the skill set they have. Check your ego at the door. And as Clyde so eloquently said, don't go out and get the machine just so you can say you have it. You know, it's like, you know, to use an analogy, one of my friends used, loves to use, the guy that goes out and buys a Range Rover is living in his mother's basement. No. Oh, yeah, man. Please. Um. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, real quick piece of, about about technology and how, like, all money ain't good money. Do you guys remember the 1996 Olympics when they brought out the San Boni? They, they, they had the brand new, like, you know, mm -hmm. perfect raker, right? And it was going to be, at, you know, so that way we didn't have any mark, mark imperfections. Two things about this wonderful device. And it was wonderful, right? 
I mean, the sand was so clean, it looked like you could eat off of it. There was two problems with it. One, it was one and a half times slower than a human being with a rake. Two, it sat at the back end of the pit and a couple different athletes got hurt jumping right. over it because they were trying to do pop-ups. And it was That's like, right. there's not supposed to be a thing there. So now I got, I got a pop-up and then I got to jump out of sand over a thing. So like, be careful with ingratiating yourself with more technology than ingenuity because this is still the greatest computer on the planet folks and it the, never forget that and never this is your computer these are your keys oh my god yes That's yes right. the most important things you better have as a as a track and field coach is real good eyes and I don't mean 2020. And your ears coming in your ears coming to play. Yeah. Yeah. Just it, it just it, it's it's a total package deal. And to ever to become totally dependent upon machine is a real live issue because it's going to break down one day. And then you're stuck and you have nothing to, to do. So you know what I do. Uh, to 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 drive this point home, I'm not gonna name people because that would be rude. But in petty, one, say one petty. of the one of the one of the cool things about the 1080 is it makes you it gives you heightened abilities to do overspeed training. Right now, well before everybody got their hands on that machine, overspeed's been around for a long time. Okay, if we all remember, there were some fancy, very thin uh, cables a while back. I went to the NCAA meet as a fan and was in the warm-up area the day before the race and saw Coach X and Athlete X full-blown on the overspeed wide open. And you know what? It was amazing. And I left and I asked one of my boys, I'm like, ain't they going to suck tomorrow, though? And please believe it may come anywhere near making the finals because they blew their load the day before trying to be cute in the warm-up area for what? Like you're already there. So I already know as people's salaries go up and these 1080s start becoming more available, maybe the price comes down one day, somebody's going to pop up at nationals with the machine and they're going to be out there <laughs> doing that. And if it's you, I'm wow. going to say something to you in, in person. Like, don't be that person. Don't do that because somebody's going to do it. Oh, there's no question about it. You know it's gonna happen. You know it's gonna happen. Well, I'm. I guess this is a slight petty comment question. Did you guys see <laughs> that they gave one away to a high school program? I did see that. Amazingly, one of their well, giveaways. Here's the thing. I don't have an issue with that as long as they're going to teach them how to use it properly. Yeah, yeah. and it's, I guess that's where like dope, I was leading them to is like, dope machine. Like it's yeah, incredible machine. And 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 again. Phenomenal. <laughs> and and hopefully the coach will do his or her homework and learn how to use it properly and use the right percentages and all that good stuff because again use properly use sparingly in my opinion anyway incredible training tool but it's got to yes. be useful i, well, I wouldn't just, let my niece run it please don't <laughs> Here's what I'll say. I don't think at this point in time we can argue that the Long Beach Poly has the best uh, 
track and field history of any high school team. Oh yeah, that's that's not close. Like I don't think that's arguable, right? Right. Okay. Right. Long Beach Poly has a dirt track, and the only rubberized surface they have within the entire oval is a pole vault run with that they had that they had rubber put on because they have never had pole vault pits ever, right? That's what they do any spiked speed work on. So all you high school coaches out there who think you're going to buy, you know, success with more technology, understand the best program in the entire country runs caveman style. Dirt track, one lane, like they can't even race on a rubberized surface. It's <laughs> this wide. Just saying. No. I think those are all great points and hopefully, you know, if your feelings are hurt about the things that were just said, take a second, take a breath and figure out if you're taking it personal when it was never intended to be personal. And either email or call Lamar. He'll take all your questions. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, feel free. Look, listen, you, if you want to email me, send it to McLovin. Send it to McLovin gives no Fs at yahoo.com. Oh my gosh. Stop <laughs> and, I, and I am now going to apologize for starting that nonsense. I, I, I'm just kidding. That is totally my fault. Please it forgive is. me. I, I poked that bear for no reason whatsoever and I will hey. not do it. Oh, that's funny. Listen, we, we are here to help for real. So, like, if yeah, we are. you'll have real, questions. Hey, as, as the young folks say, for real, for real, right? For real, for real. <laughs> yes, please speak up. Speak up. That was really funny. <laughs> um, all right, so let's continue this conversation that we've had over the last, I think it's two going on three weeks now. Um, the NFL playoffs, where are we at? We gotta get a check-in. So- This weekend, baby. 319, so, so let me Let me lay the format out. This okay. past weekend, we had the Bills play the, Ra play the Ravens and the Bills won. We had the Chiefs play the Browns and the Chiefs won. Uh, the Bucks played the Saints and the Bucks won. And then the Rams played the Packers and the Packers came out on top of that one. So um, as it stands, one, two, three, Chuck had three of the four. I'm sorry, Clyde had three of the four. Lamar, you had one, I'm, two. I'm the only one is two and two. Just go ahead and call me out. This is, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call myself out on that. One. I mean, look, you're a Browns no. fan, so I get that. That's so, okay. so, but I didn't pick the Browns, I picked the no. Ravens. That was my problem. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. That was my yeah. He picked the old Browns. The ex Browns. Yes. Exactly. So yeah. So I'm gonna go first since I'm the, the, the biggest loser on this panel. That's what comes to this. But um, you know, uh first of all, kudos to my Browns. Great performance. Absolutely. And I obviously absolutely had a great chance to win that that ball game. Um uh kudos to the Bills. Um they handled their business. Uh kudos to uh, you know, I'm gonna give credit where credit's due. The Tampa Bay Bucks played a phenomenal game. Um, I don't think that 12 won the game for them. Um, he didn't definitely didn't hurt him in any way, but the defense was phenomenal, in my opinion. Um, the defense put, you know, just they just got it done. They shut down. They knew Breeze was hurt. They knew he couldn't do certain things, and things that he could do, they took away from him. Um, I don't know who the um, the DC is there, but kudos to that cat, and kudos to the guys who went out and executed it. Todd Bowles. I think it's Todd Bowles. He used to be the Jets. Todd Bowles. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, hey, Todd got it done. And, you know, then when it, it comes to, to my guy up in Green Bay, I mean, 
that was the best quarterback on the field last weekend, in my opinion. You know, that guy absolutely got it done. You know, he did. So um, I, I'm still – I mean, I if the Chiefs don't have Mahomes, uh, I don't know how they beat the Bills, to be honest with you. You know, uh, but I I picked the Chiefs, so I got to stick with them. I'm not I'm not gonna you know be the be the bandwagon the bandwagon guy. I, I, I rode with the Chiefs this far. I'm gonna keep riding with them, and um and, and I think it's going to be a good game. I do, but I, I'm still riding with Rodgers and the Packers. You know, because he's that dude's just on a whole another level in my mind right now. So we'll see if Mr. Bowles can drop something to stop that right there. So. Oh, we can yes. rock them both for this one. <laughs> well, well, well let, let, let's 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 do one half first. You want AFC or NFC? You pick it. I don't care. Let's do AFC. Go ahead. I mean, okay. So I'll, I'll keep it real quick. I think the Chiefs are going to beat the Bills, whether it's Chad Henney or whether it's Ferrari. I think oh. if it's I think wow. if it's Ferrari, I think if it's Ferrari, it's surgical, and it's and it's not. I don't think if Ferrari plays, I don't think at any point in time you think the Bills are going to win the game. I think if he doesn't play and Henny plays, I believe that the game is one of these, but the Chiefs eventually have more firepower and will win. Um, I, I like the Bills and the way they're constructed. And I will say if they had uh, another wide receiver, that would strike fear, there would be that would be a problem. Um, but I, I don't think that I don't think that they can that they can score enough to beat the Chiefs. Because I think even with Chad Henney, I mean, dude's been in the NFL for 14 years. Like he's not a buster. Like he's not Ferrari, let's be clear, right? But he is driving a Ferrari. Like there's so much offense on that roster that he just kind of has to like not screw it up. Take the plays that they give you because there's going to be a lot of plays that you're going to get. And and so like I think that the Chiefs at the end of the day I just think they're built to win. I also think conspiracy theory or not, I also think there's no chance that Ferrari doesn't play. I don't think there's any any chance that Patrick Mahomes isn't going to play for is going to play football this weekend. I I I agree with you on that. Um listen, I, we all watched the game um, in real time. The, the, the injury, the concussion of Mahomes looked pretty scary. Looked like some, some you see in MMA or, or a boxing match, the way he got up, couldn't stand. But honestly, I don't believe there's any circumstance in where he doesn't play. No However, I picked the bills to beat the chiefs before the playoffs start. You did. So this ain't about Mahomes and the chiefs. Honestly, as phenomenal as Mahomes is, I think the greatest weapon that the Chiefs had was live on center stage this weekend, given the controversy that they had to deal with. It's Andy Reid. Andy Reid is underrated, even though he's going to go straight to the Hall of Fame. Andy Reid is a phenomenal coach, and what he did and the calls he made to get that game won when they really should have lost it. Like, once Mahomes went out, they should have lost that game. There's not another coach in the NFL that that snaps the ball no. and runs in play. There's no. not one other coach in the NFL that snaps the ball and runs that play with Chad Henney. No chance. No. And so I, I like the guts of it, and I'm a big fan of Andy Reid. I'm a fan of Patrick Mahomes. I just think the Bills have something special going on right now, and I don't think they're necessarily the better team, 
But this ain't the NBA where we're going to play seven times. You play once. I think the Bills are going to take out the Chiefs, and I've been saying that for weeks, and I'm sticking with that. Um, Cinderella is 11.59. I hear you. So since you went first there, I'll, I'll go first on the other side. The when, ta- when Tom Brady came to Tampa Bay, the super fan said, going straight to the Super Bowl. The super hater said, it's all about Belichick. They're not even going to make the playoffs. The smart people in the middle said they're going to have to figure it out. And the biggest tell that they have figured it out came from an interview that Bruce Arians gave this past week where he's out there talking about it's funny because he's being critical of New England and Bill Belichick, who has, you know, six rings. Bruce Arians shouldn't ever be critical of Bill Belichick. But he said, you know, up in Tampa Bay, I'm up in New England. You know, they, they didn't let Tom, you know, make any decisions. They didn't let Tom have any part of the thing. We let him coach down here. Oh, really? Because in the beginning of the season, when the offense looked a mess, it was all because Tom, you were in the media criticizing Tom because he couldn't get your system right. So somewhere along the middle of the season, Tom sat down and Arian sat down and like, hey, man, look, we're going to do this my way. We're not going to do this your way. And ever since that transition has happened, Tampa Bay looks phenomenal. And that's why I'm picking them. And I will take Tom Brady in the rain, sleet, hail, snow of whatever in Lambeau Field over Green Bay and over Aaron Rodgers any day and twice on Sunday. Aaron Rodgers is great. Aaron Rodgers is the first ballot Hall of Famer. Aaron Rodgers is going to be the MVP. But it's going to take a hell of a lot more than Aaron Rodgers to beat Tom Brady. Tampa Bay has the better defense of the two teams. Tampa Bay has the better postseason quarterback of the two teams, including at 43 years old. Tampa Bay has more weapons than Green Bay does. Green Bay has the lure of of, uh, Lambeau and how well Aaron Rodgers has been playing. They got stomped out earlier in the year. It was a long time ago. Both teams are better now. I'm putting my money on the GOAT. Not the real money, because we're not allowed to gamble. We all understand that. (laughs) But in this, in this, this right here, I'm, I'm picking correctly at 70% thus far. Tampa Bay versus the Bills is the Super Bowl. There you go. So, once again, my 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 beige compatriot has pontificated <laughs> and wasted a good solid five minutes of your time. But I love it because his passion. His passion is is to be applauded, and and I will say there's a great amount of intelligence in his argument, but it is unfortunately he won't admit this. It's jaded by his heart. He loves Tom Brady. Absolutely, I, I, I agree that Tom Brady is a difference maker for sure. I just think that at the end of the day. If there's one dude in the NFL I am not going to bet against, especially at this point, it is a motivated chip on his shoulder, Aaron Rodgers. And their defense and offense fits together and plays the game together better than every team left in the game. Like they have a symbiotic relationship. They can win games 20 to 13 or 42 to 30 if they have to. But at the end of the day, when the defense needs to make a play, they always have this year. 
Yes, I know they lost in week six, but you don't have to go 16-0 and to be the best team in football. When they've needed to make plays, they've always made plays, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't do anything but make plays. So at the end of the day, uh, Devontae Adams and, you know, and his, and his homeboys, because I can name the rest of them, and most human beings cannot. Um, they have some very colorful names, too. Um, they are going to be open on a regular basis um, because they don't have to be very open to be found because the surgeon has the scalpel and is doing what he does. The other issue that I think is going to be problematic is they are the, also the most balanced offense that's left in, in, in the playoffs. And Tampa's run defense is not very good. Tampa's pass rush is very good, but I mean, I don't need to bore y'all with stats, but just suffice to say that the worst thing you can do is to blitz Aaron Rodgers because his percentages are literally video games, right? So if you're, if the, the key to your defense is the pass rush and that's not what you should do and the Achilles heel of your defense is your run defense and that's what they do do well as a compliment to the surgeon, I just... I don't want to be disrespectful to Tom Brady, so I'll say it like this. I think there's no doubt in my mind that Green Bay is going to win the game, and I think if it wasn't Tom Brady, it'd be a blowout. I don't think I Tom Brady is going to allow. I don't think he's going to allow any team he's on to get blown out. But I think the line on the game is three, and I don't see it being that close. I just want to throw two things at you based on what you just said, sir. Last week, I don't remember which of you two it was. Pretty sure it was Lamar that was telling me Alvin Kamara is going to run all over Tampa Bay. If the run defense is so bad, they show enough shut down Alvin Kamara. Just saying. Now, you said chip on their shoulder, motivated Aaron Rodgers. Um, sir, in their entire career and including right now this season, there is nobody with a bigger chip on his shoulder than Tom Brady. There is nobody more motivated than Tom Brady. Yes, Aaron Rodgers was disrespected by his team by them drafting uh, Love or whatever his name is. Totally get that. They disrespected the man. Tom Brady left his home of 20 years and six rings just to prove a point. His chip is bigger. He's no, no, the seventh round bigger. pick. His chips are bigger. His ego's bigger. Ego's bigger, chips bigger, all of that. He's the seventh round pick who still plays like he's going to be drafted in the seventh round. Aaron Rodgers was always supposed to be Aaron Rodgers. Sixth round, isn't it? Sixth round, seventh round, whatever you want to call it. Chip on your shoulder, motivated. That is Tom Brady's entire persona. It will never be more than that for Aaron Rodgers. And can I can I pose a question here? Yes. Please. It's like, is your is like, is your part time job is like Tom Brady's press agent or something? No, don't need to be. Look, look, because look, look, honestly, I, I I got no truck with Tom other than the fact that he, that he went to Michigan. Other than that, he's a great guy, right? <laughs> but I and I get that you think he's the goat. He is. That's not yeah. the debate. Okay, okay, but again, we're all the time to our opinions, right? But Tom Brady will not win this football game by himself. No, that's all nobody does it's football exactly but see when you talk like tom brady's the reason i do this and they do that like we've had this discussion before like the the game in my opinion last week was won by the defense not the offense 
The defense won the game. The well, defense put the, let me finish. The defense put the offense in spectacular positions to do well. If true. the defense doesn't step up and play that well, there was nothing Tampa Bay did offensively, in my humble opinion, because I'm definitely not a football analyst nor a football coach. I watched the game. Mm-hmm. But, and, and I will say this, like when the defense gives the guy the ball down there, I'm like, oh, they got a problem. That dude's going to find a way to get in the end zone. But if the defense doesn't do that same thing to Aaron Rodgers, we'll see what happens. But Tom Brady, as great as he is, it takes it's going to take more than Tom Brady to win this football game. I, I, I understand. I understand your perspective. And Tampa Bay's defense played a phenomenal game last week. There's no denying that. The, listen, four takeaways, phenomenal game. You don't need to pass for 400 yards and five touchdowns to dominate the other team. What Tom Brady did this last game was surgical efficiency. Okay. If, if, if Baker Mayfield could have played as efficient as Tom Brady did, the Browns win the game against Kansas City. Yeah. I, 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 I have no desire to have that debate with you. Because because because, 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 okay, let, because that's how I miss something. Baker, Baker, like played like pretty, Baker played pretty, pretty well. He and, played pretty well. But, but well. The, the, the Browns are about that far from winning that football game. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me tell you what is, is that because it was that close to being the, the touchdown at the pylon, and it was that same distance to the guy grabbing Henny when he was scrambling. Yep. Okay? So two totally different situations. Don't don't be picking on my man Baker. That was petty Not and picking unfair. on it. It's petty and unfair. But like I said. You hold on a second. I I, I don't want to debate. It could have been you. Lamar Jackson. I, I, I don't want. I don't want to debate with you. I'm just selling you, in my opinion. Okay. I hope that your boy shows up this weekend, but you better hope that the defense shows up. That's just mine. He's been showing up for 20 years. He ain't gonna not show up. And then you better hope the defense shows up to help you out. Aaron Rodgers fans better hope Aaron Rodgers <laughs> shows up because he up. doesn't always show up in the playoffs. He'll show just up. Saying. He'll show up. And, and and Brady always shows up. He's never been beaten in the playoffs, right? Oh, you can lose a game. Okay, exactly. Everybody loses games. Yeah, so remember, We're talking you, about showing you, up. You just said you just said so. Right? He can show up and still lose, right? Yeah. Okay. Hate you. Because <laughs> this dude can talk about he can talk about Brady all night now. You know that. <laughs> next next week, like, like, like I said, yeah, I think that's his 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 part time job is his Brady's press agent. That's what I think. I'd just be interested to see like what. Clyde has to say next week when Brady loses. Wow. That that I'm just interested to see that. So, oh, can, can I can I just tell you that now? No, 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 because don't the game hasn't. No, 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 don't spoil it. I mean, okay. Big league, big league, big league. So everything's documented in my official notebook, down, ready to go for the next weekend. We'll see. Um, unfortunately, we won't have the Pro Bowl, so we'll have to throw something out there. I don't know, play a game of tennis. Oh, well, there'll, be, there'll be a discussion about <laughs> whatever. Wait, but, but, but Chu, so I'm clear. Both of y'all have the Chiefs and the Packers winning. Yes, and you have the Bills. I, I have the Chiefs playing the Packers for the Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm the opposite. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. They've got the Chiefs and the Pack, Packers, and then you've got the Bills and the Bucks. So, so this will be interesting oh. to see. So, um, got it. So, in true fashion, let's kick off the hot seat. And uh, 
even though it seems like every other week you are on, you are on every other week. Um, <laughs> Mr. Lamar, <laughs> you're in. You're in. Tag tag. Oh, man. All so, right. Hold I think this on. is a fun let me, one. Let me yeah. get ready. Flip the switch. All right. I'm ready. So we at, at now week 42, we're, we're coming off of track just a little bit. The sprinkle of track is a little bit because 42, right? Gosh, dog. I know, it's crazy. Like, I, I, I have to search for track questions, but I think I got a couple good ones this week. So, you ready, sir? Let's go. All right. M&Ms, plain or peanuts? Peanuts. Favorite Girl Scout cookies? Uh, the shortbread. Um, is your highlighter yellow or pink? Girl, stop. Uh, if you had asked me, like, yellow or purple or yellow or something, pink, hell no, yellow. Got it. Um, sunrise or sunset? Ooh. Okay. It's a small cheat. Um, always sunrise. Except, I mean, also always sunset. Except in Hawaii. Sunrise in Hawaii is oh, yeah. is the best thing on the planet. Got it. But always sunset. Sunsets are beautiful. Got it. Um, at the track meet, are you drinking from the water jug on the field or do you have your own water bottle? Uh, okay, so I'm supposed to have my own water bottle, but I always forget it or lose it. So yeah, I'm definitely drinking from the cup. And I know it's not good. Okay, if we're going to keep it, if we're going to keep it 100, what's happening is I'm dehydrated and not drinking at all. That's what, that's what really happens. If we're going to be all the way 100, that's what happens. He's swallowing spit. What's left? Yeah, of we ain't got to worry much. about it no more. It's COVID. He can't do stuff yeah. like that. No more. I know, I mean, right? The there are no water jugs. There are no water jugs <laughs> on the infield. So I'm either dehydrated and curled up in the corner, or I'll remember the water bottle. Uh, um, which meat has the best hospitality tent? That's a great question. Right? Because this, this is a thing. This is a thing. <laughs> Okay, so I'll say I'm not a hospitality tech connoisseur like most because I coach like 9 million events and usually I have to like run up and grab food and get out. But um, I think the best hospitality food I've ever had uh, is the NCAA meets in Eugene. Of course that's the answer. <laughs> um, that and if you can if you can finagle which i always do they have hospitality in, at the nca meeting in, in eugene yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's on top of the little building right by the the, the back finish line oh whatever i've um, been up there is nothing up there that's yeah, awesome. no, that's because yeah. you're always there after the food has been served there's food every time Jeez. Um, great food. The, the only other place that has i believe you i just i'm mad i've never had any Jeez. is is the press food at texas relays Oh, you're a not the coach, not the coach's yeah. food. The press food at Texas Relays is phenomenal. Cheater, you gotta have mouthpiece to get in there, though. You gotta have mouthpiece to get in there. Um, which company makes the best spike key? <laughs> <laughs> or what shoebox does the best spike key come out of? <laughs> the best spike key is well, okay. So I'm assuming you mean one that can be used universally because the best spike key is the Mizuno one, but their spikes don't fit in it and it's different. So, uh, 
I guess it would be Adidas. The Nike ones are terrible. Basically what I want you to say out loud. <laughs> I mean, no, listen, but, but at the end of the day, like, I, I get that. Like, it's a throwaway, it's a throwaway free item and Nike's <laughs> not really a fan of giving quality things away. So, like, I get that. That's funny. All right, last question. Best Usher song. I was about to sing. Not <laughs> <laughs> uh, again. What's the name Wait. of it? Hold on. Because I try to remember the name of it. Um, Let It Burn. That's funny. Of course. <laughs> oh, it's, okay, first of all, if you're a fan of Boon, if you're a fan of, of the Boondocks, there's no way you give a different answer than that. Because I can't get the the the, the thought of Tom singing Let It Burn out in the middle of the street. <laughs> Go watch the Boondocks, folks. Trust me. It's yes. hilarious. That episode, Tom sings, Tom sings an Usher song. It's tremendous. I'll have to YouTube that one. Lamar, would you would you agree that the actual best fight key is a pair of pliers? Because they're all pretty bad. Oh my God. No. Hmm. Pliers are like, you know what's funny that you say pliers? Not only do I disagree with that, I actually think that that pliers, regular pliers, is actually an absolute tool, obsolete tool that should not even exist any longer. Like once they made uh, what the, the 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 lock grip ones? Oh, those, the vice, yeah, like yeah, not yeah. a vice grip. Yeah, they, they, then the regular pliers. It's, it's vice grips. Have, yeah. yeah, once they made vice grips, they should not make pliers anymore. It doesn't make any sense. So no, I do not agree with you that the best spiky. <laughs> I will Somebody say Somebody always says that. Hey man, you got spiky? Nah, I got some pliers though. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I will say this though. There's got to be as much technology as there is in the sport of track and field. There's got to be a better way. <laughs> like they, we can make spikes that last longer, that don't dull. We can make some some sort of spike sharpener. Like there's got to be a better way than what we currently have to deal with, because that is some nonsense. And especially you know when you have to go to a track meet and they make you go outside and they scrape your shoes on the concrete, dull them, right? I mean, or, or if you have to go to a track meet where it, no matter what the length of your spikes are actually in, they tell you that you got to take them out and you got to put in these <coughs> Texas A&M LSU <laughs> every single time. I'm not even throwing shade. Nobody disagrees with me. Stop it. <laughs> say a word. I just thought that was kind of petty on your part, but it was yeah. definitely petty and true. You, so and you said it. what you said. So there it is. I did. <laughs> Hi now Pat. it's on the table. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, so sir, you have survived the hot seat this week. Oh, sweet! I, I, that was a good one. I. Uh, I see. That I, was very well done, Big League. Well done. Trying. Very, I'm trying. It's getting harder very, and harder as we keep going. <laughs> do you feel like you know us better or worse now? <laughs> <laughs> so I know, right? The perspective might be worse. More strange. That's all. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So, and I'll be honest with you, where it goes is I try to help highlight some of the things that people are the farthest from what they think they know of your personas per the tiles, per standing at track meets in different coaches boxes and whatnot. Like like the, the pants question last week. Hey, hey look, and oh shout God. out to the guy that understood. <laughs> yeah. right? I don't know who that is, but hey, yeah, my know. man. <laughs> yes, somebody understood. Yeah, we had a comment who said, I get the ship, the, the whichever shoulders closest to the wall in our, our oh video. My God. But yeah, yeah, I mean, 
we're we're human, right? And that's why exactly. I want to highlight that part. I think there's there's been a there've been quite a few people who have been who who thought they knew me who were absolutely surprised at the fact that my favorite ice cream is vanilla and they'll be just as surprised to find out that I like the simplest of all of the the uh Girl Scout cookies. Like I like I think that's the first cookie they made. But it tastes good. Such a waste of five dollars. <laughs> no, it's not. No. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. And like the sugar made, that's it. No have the cookies that people like. I just don't like thin mints. Is just not a thing to me. I don't like mint. I like mint in my drinks. Oh boy, <sighs> here comes the cup again. Last, I don't minute. even have a cup tonight. Look, this is look, this is water. I'm on a cleanse. <laughs> well, I, I I'm gonna just say that uh, I think the shortbread's off the chain, and uh, <laughs> the th I mean. I can do do with or without the thin mints. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not bashing the thin mints, but you know, <laughs> I, I can roll with. It. I mean, I, if I have to, you know. But I'm I'm a short guy. What's the one that has the coconut in it? Is that a dosi do? -si -do? Oh, not, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The Moans. Not allowed uh, in the house. No. But burn those. Burn all of those. <laughs> not allowed in the house. Wow. I don't even want to see them. No, I'm good. And I'm there. There are some things in life like you see them. Like you see something, you can like you could take you you remember the taste of it, and that's yeah. like oh, I'm not a coconut fan at all. Yeah, no. I'm I'm good. Again, that goes in a drink. Mint and so coconut go in drinks. Anyhow, okay, let's let's get off our fat train and go. <laughs> let's get off the the Girl Scout cookies, <laughs> <laughs> and and let's give some people some props. Let's get on with our heartbeat props this evening. Um, again, this is a part of the show where we want to just give credit to those who are still here so that they know before, you know, they don't hear it from our mouths ourselves. We appreciate them. We thank them and, and we want to give them credit to what they've done for us and with us uh, without in our careers and lives up to date or going forward even at that. So, oh, Nick Lovin. You know, I, I think this might be a show first. I'm actually going to give props to somebody I gave props to before. Uh, I'm going to give props to my mom again because, uh, A, she's still here and with us, having survived COVID. But B, she has taken the, uh, what's the word? I think when, when, when life altering things happen to you, you have two choices, like get better or be defined by them. And I will give my mom some credit. Um, she's lost some weight. She now walks and is getting some exercise. Um, funny story though, she did like sort of lightweight fall out of the bed and then she realized she didn't have enough upper body strength to like get herself off, off up off the floor so she called me and says yep i need to start working out <laughs> because there's no chance on this planet i'm ever going to be too weak to push my own body weight up off the floor <laughs> she's probably she would be mad at me if she watched the show she doesn't um but you know we had a conversation uh earlier today and i said hey are you going to go get your vaccine now that you're eligible and she says, well, how did you know I'm eligible? I just found that out today. I was actually proud of the fact that she found that out. 
right? I was proud of the fact that she she's paying attention to what's going on and she wants to be here. And and I'm very she's like, I don't know how I'm supposed to get this vaccine, but I know I can get it now. I said, Yeah, well, your group has been eligible since, you know, for a week. She says, I got a group. I was like, Oh, oh, my God. oh yeah. uh, that's fun. Yes, Mama, you have a group. <laughs> Those people who are 70 years of age and older and have been this far removed from having had COVID. Yeah, you're in that group. <laughs> so, but I'm gonna give a shout out to my mom for actually like paying attention to what's going on with the virus and encouraging all of her other septuagenarians to always wear masks. <clears throat> and um, yeah, like to the point, she asked me for tap dance shoes for Christmas. Wow. Oh wow. That's 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 a thing. Yeah. So I I I wasn't trying to be take low-hanging fruit. I think she was worthy of a of a of a secondary heartbeat prop. So that's you could throw out throw out mom throw out moms for heartbeat props. That could be a weekly thing. Moms always get extra yeah. props. I mean, because they buy great ties. Yeah. You do that too. <laughs> Um, I'll go next if you guys want me to. Yeah. Um, I, you know, th this has been a very emotional uh, time for me, just watching what went on today uh, with the inauguration. Um, I, I've had a lot of phone calls, um, texts, emails, conversations in the last couple of weeks about the stuff that went on at the Capitol and things like surrounding that. And, you know, I want to give a shout out to the people that have reached out to me and they, they who want to understand, who really believe and trust that they really want to understand the plight of the African-American. Um, I, I want to read a quote from Miss uh, Amanda Gorman, who was just unbelievable today. Um, There's always light if only we're brave enough to see it if only we're brave enough to be it. And the two and the biggest words in that statement are the, the two small words, it and if. If we're brave enough to be the light, if we're brave enough to see the light, then we can get through all this nonsense. You know, it is time for this country to be what we claim to be, the United States of America. You know, we are as divided now as we've ever been and hopefully we doesn't get any worse. So I want to give my props to the people out there who truly want to understand, who truly want to help mend this country, who truly want to get to the point where, you know, we can be a great country. You know, I, for those people that know me, I'm a big, you know, LTD Jeffrey Osborne fan and Jeffrey sang the song, um, let's all live together. And one of these things, this way the song starts is, I wish the day would come when we all are one, living in this land, walking hand in hand. And so I can only hope that the people out there that reach out, that really wanna learn, that don't wanna call to ask the question so you can dare defend your stance, uh, props to those people who wanna help this thing get better. Can I jump in really quick because it's it's related to, to Lucius's uh, and I, and I was and I was going to sing that for you guys, but I didn't want to upstage Lamar. <laughs> oh, you're going to sing at some point. Oh, you know really? We got ten. We got ten episodes. It'll be episode fifty-two. That'll be a year. You're on. <laughs> okay. 
Um, I do want to send, these aren't necessarily props, but I want to give a shout out to uh, the African-American uh, Capitol Guard who, this, his picture is very famous now at this point for basically stood his ground, y'all aren't getting past me and ostensibly saved the Capitol, right? He has now been promoted and is on Kamala Harris's security detail. That is worthy. And that is phenomenal. Shout out, props to you. Hope you watch the show. So he was he was referred to uh, today um, by Joy Reid as the real life Black Panther. And that is not exactly I mean, wrong. Real talk. Clyde, would you like to go or shall I, would you like to wrap us up? Uh, you wrapped us up last week. So you go, you go ahead and I'll go. Okay, got it. Um, this week, I wanted to give a heartbeat prop, or my heartbeat props go out to um, the first coach that I got to encounter as a um, coach, coaching peer, mentor definitely, but definitely as a coaching peer where I was definitely not on the same level, but put in that position. Um, Steve Marion is the, or was the surfing and gymnastics coach at uh Oh my goodness, Long Beach Wilson. And uh, he asked me to come on staff for the gymnastics team to help out with just some development and being a character developer, uh, being a female on a female program where he didn't have a female coach present at the time. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't realize it then and I realize it now, I mean, oh wow, 20 years later, um, that he was the coach who showed me that loving your student athletes is just as important as teaching your student athletes because you will only teach them when they trust you and they will only trust you if they think that you care about them. And at first, you know, being very young and just graduating college, I was like, no, you can't miss practice. You have to be here. And he was like, you know, you, you don't understand what's going on in their life all the time. You have to ask the why, you know, what is it that you need, things of that nature. And just furthering, furthering the knowledge about the student athlete themselves and and actually caring about what they're going through. Um, he opened my eyes to that first. And I was very young, prideful, egotistical at that time. But now I, I realize that it's engraved in me and it's in my heart. And I do attribute my quote unquote off track successes to that. So Coach Marion, I appreciate you. I hope you're doing well. I actually don't know where you are. Um, <laughs> I hope you're still here and you can hear this. Um, but if not, I appreciate what you've done for me in my coaching career. So <laughs> obviously everybody knows that we're very much into our sport here. Um, anybody that knows me well knows that, you know, politics is, uh, is might be my second passion. I'm a political junkie, got it from my grandmother always been with me. Um, so throughout in the course of any year, the people in my life who enjoy talking about that, those kind of things often will reach out to me. And throughout this whole last crazy year and this whole crazy administration that we just got rid of, like people seem to always like hit me up and you know ask me like, what's going on with this? Should we worry about this? And I'm usually the, like, I'm like the even keel, like, hey, listen, Here's the limits of it, don't sweat it. And I've basically been you know, saying that this whole time from 
the moment the election ended to all this craziness that's been going on and all these court fights and the insurrection at the Capitol and all that stuff. And I've always been pretty chill by like, listen, at the end of the day, the dude's gonna go and we're gonna have this new thing coming. And then because I'm on the West Coast, I got, you know, before I had to go and do my job today, I, I got to witness pretty much the entire um, inauguration in real time. And honestly, like I cried like seven times. And I realized today what so many people have must have been going through throughout all this whole process is like the stress of what we've all been living through became very real for me today all at once when I realized that it was over like really realized that it was over. Watching Kamala come out there and, and be inaugurated, watching Biden come out there and be inaugurated, watching a return to smart people of character in leadership roles. But no one made me shed more tears today than the young lady that Lucius already made reference to, which is Miss Amanda Gorman. If you didn't get a chance to hear that speech live, it is worth every second of it to go pull it up on YouTube, sit down on the biggest TV you have with the loudest speaker that you can muster and listen to that beautiful, intelligent woman read that poem as a closing remarks to today's inauguration. It was perfect. It was pitch perfect. It was emotion perfect. It was hopeful and angry and held, held people accountable for what everything was going on. It, it, it was literally the perfect ending to a day of brilliant optimism for the country. And I cried like a baby all the way through the whole damn thing. Um, I'm a casual fan of Amanda Gorman. I'm aware of her. Um, but the entire world got introduced to her today. And I hope that her career and her light and everything she has going on in her world just explodes from here because that woman is a jewel to this nation. And, you know, new school Maya Angelou, whatever you want to call it, like she is absolutely phenomenal. So, uh, the absolute best five minutes of my day today uh, were, were Miss Gorman on the stage at the Capitol. So props to her and, you know, there, there is hope and let, let's go, let's go to work. And that, that young lady now counts Maya Angelou and Oprah Winfrey as friends. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. you know, she had a, she was given a coat by Maya Angelou for for the for the occasion, and she was there was a handcrafted ring with a uh, cage bird insignia made for her by by Oprah and the earrings. And and twenty three years old, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's either twenty two or twenty three. But like, she's she's the youngest she's the youngest person to speak by a long time. Just just the visual of it was everything just it was great stunning absolutely stunning
Yeah, because if you didn't know who she was, you you probably thought that she was going to introduce someone else. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. we gave her this little bit role to do. You didn't know she was going to do like the second or third most important thing that happened that day. Totally stole the show. Like stole the show. Um, nah. That that and the size of Thurgood Marshall's Bible. Yes. It's got to be the biggest Bible in the world. No, I, th I thought that was, I'm one of those people that like, I pay attention to minutia, you know, like I'm one of those people when I watch movies, I watch the, the, the corners of the screen because there's always stuff going on there you don't pay attention to. Like I, when they first showed it, I was like, that thing is gigantic. I've said this to you before in jest and in love. You can absolutely be an endless supply of useless information. Oh, there's no question about that. My brain works that way. And it just is what it is. I, I don't even take offense to that because that's just. No, he does not because it's the truth. It's like, yeah. Like, like I, the number of times that like we have been sitting at a track meet and he points something out to me and he goes, and I know, and I know you don't care to see this. I know you don't care at all, but like, did you just see that? I'm like, then what did you tell me? Because I just thought you, I just thought you might want to know. Get, get us out of here too. It's, <laughs> out. Yeah. it's yeah. happening. Because it's coming. It's happening. It's coming. That's my guy. I gave, you, I gave you the tidbit for the night. Oh yeah. my goodness. Go look it up. It's third. We, did, we just opened the fortune cookie. There it is. <laughs> Yo, but the funniest thing is I did see a meme. Somebody somebody said that. True. <laughs> they it's they included the cheesecake factory menu. <laughs> That's a good one. Stop it. Stop it. With that being said, <laughs> see, we always like to close on a good Burn note. Burn out the lights. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. We got him to sing. We got him to I, sing. That's, I hope, yeah, I'm done. There you go. No chance. <laughs> I'm done. So, anyways, as we all depart, uh, all but one of us are heading to a meet this weekend. Good luck, safe travels for everyone else who is. Safe travels, please wear your masks. Do what you do. Let your kids just shine bright. Shine bright all the way as you do as well. Um, thank you so much, gentlemen, for your time. It's always a pleasure sharing my screen with you all. Have a great night, and we'll see each other soon. Good luck this weekend, hey. folks. Bye. When the lights come on, the road to skip the running. When the lights come on, opponents mess the plumbing. Would you like your warm, hot knife to butter? Them hard, knock them off that rebuttal. Tsunami, tidal wave to your puddle. Tough love, punch you in the arms, little brothers. Athletics double, I'll see if there's no others. Track and field's pacing, we'll peel to go further. Hey, Wiley, Coyote is roadrunners. Feels like you know us, you've been with us the whole summer. If not for this quarantine, these four corners wouldn't be here, but we're here, so start learning. You gotta earn your stripes, gotta get your scars. Show you how to fight, but show us who you are. Experience, but still you want to talk And who is actually talking to you Something's kind of small Heads prevail when the backbone's strong Gotta keep it coming, no, won't last long Pass and fail, then sell the sad song And if you don't check yourself, then that's wrong Just trying to give you the real that you asked for So why you keep cutting us off to ask more We put it in slow-mo, but you fast-forward Athletics, devil, I'll see the task force